Hi friends, it's Kayla Moranen. Welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. How's everybody doing today? Happy Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever day or time it is that you're listening. Happy February. It's the shortest month of the year and it is a leap year this year. So if you were born on February 29th, happy early birthday. Um, Yeah, let's chat. What is going on? I am so glad that the weather in Miami has finally come back and, and it's sunny and it's chilly there's a breeze but it's honestly so beautiful out and i'm really in my hawk girl walk era i've only gone on a couple but i'm definitely trying to make it a habit again probably gonna go for a walk around the beach this weekend which i'm really looking forward to and i spent some time on the beach last weekend and i'm going to the beach tomorrow and honestly i'm just excited for summer beach weather in Miami, it starts about now, February, March, all the way through about November, December. So I'm excited. I'm so grateful that I live here. And that's something that I'm really practicing a lot lately is gratitude. Um, you know, I've been talking about simple abundance for a while now and how important it is to do some reflection and healing and inner work. And it really truly is, but it all starts with a simple gratitude practice. I shared my journal prompts on Instagram and TikTok a couple of weeks ago. I'll link it below so you guys can join me in journaling. And I start off every single morning with what am I grateful for today? And it could be as simple as getting to sleep in or that it's sunny out or puppy cuddles or a warm coffee or something major that happens, like getting to spend time with people that I care about that I haven't seen in a while or an exciting opportunity that came my way. It could be whatever you need it to be. But that practice of being grateful for the little moments and celebrating the little joys in your life, the small wins, it really does just set yourself up for a great day. Like the frequency that you feel when you are at like a calm, peaceful, low cortisol start to your day and celebrating the little things around you, it really is something else. And I'm really excited for February. I am looking forward to a lot of different things. I have two influencer events this month so far. One this weekend with my friends at Curtsy, who I had the founder of Curtsy on, Clara, one of the founders. So I'll link that below so you could listen. And they're doing their first event here in Miami, which I'm really excited for. And then I'm going to a Valentine's Day event with a skincare brand that I like, Yonka. They're like a a Korean skincare brand based in paris i believe um really cool like they have a lot of really cool like philosophies and products and they're my mom is obsessed with them every time i get goodies from them my mom steals them right away and i love one of the girls who is their marketing campaign girl um she invited me which i'm really looking forward to a Valentine's event and i haven't gone to one of their events in months so that'll be good to see some friends and celebrate Valentine's Day because I honestly think Valentine's Day is for the girls, not for relationships. And I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the weather and I'm excited for my road trip. I don't think I've told you guys, but this month I will be going on a cross-country road trip the last two weeks of the month. And at the end of the road trip, when I get back to Miami, I will be a part of the University of Miami School of Law's Counseling Creators Conference from their Entertainment, Art, and Sports Law program, which I'm super pumped for, and I have a lot more coming to you soon about that, so make sure you follow me and my law firm, Kayla Moran Law, on Instagram. They're linked below, so you can stay tuned 
with that. And if you are a law student wanting to get involved in the creator economy and being a lawyer for influencers, this is the opportunity for you. Come chat with me. And yeah, things are good. Like February is a short month, but it's going to be a good month. January was the longest month of the year. It just feels like it took five years to get through one 31 day period, but I'm so glad it's over. I'm so happy to say goodbye to January and usher in a new month with a lot of lessons learned and a lot of opportunities given to me and just a much better, like a much more solid footing going into the rest of the year after a little bit of a rocky start, but I'm grateful for January and the time to ease back in and speed up and slow back down and reevaluate a lot of things. And, you know, they say like January was a trial period. The month starts today, February 1st. And I don't think that's true because I wouldn't be where I am today on February 1st if it wasn't for January, but it was definitely a much needed period to kind of the ups and downs of life, business, dating, professional, family, a whole lot of things, a lot of breakthroughs, a lot of tears, a lot of what the fuck moments, and now we're back, and we're better than ever. Honestly, I think, like I've been saying for a while, I'm the happiest I've ever been, and that doesn't mean that I don't have more to do. Like, I have so much more work on myself to do. We're always evolving. We're always growing. It's called a work in progress for a reason, but that's what the beauty of this podcast is all about, to get candid on the ups and the downs of life and business and show that there are many different ways to get to where you want to be and you get to call success whatever you want it to be and you get to you're the captain of your own ship you know you are the creator of your own destiny and you could do whatever the heck you want and it's going to be amazing because you care enough about it to see it through and that's what I have learned a lot in the last few weeks and I'm really proud of that but yeah without further ado let's do a quick second suite of the week and then we'll dive right in to this week's guest Leslie Danford. So my suck of the week is that Sarge, the bigger dog that we have, bit my younger, well, Sarge is the younger one, bit the smaller dog, my dog Finch. Um, I think he thought he was playing around and, you know, puppies, they think that, you know, everything is playtime to them and they're overprotective of their owners and they think they're just being funny and I don't think they realize how big they are. And Finch was sniffing around in my brother's room and Sarge didn't like that. Sarge got jealous and snapped at him and sadly bit Finch and it was not too pretty. Um, So Finch is snuggling up with me and he has been for the last two days. And honestly, it was really shitty to see him in pain like that and hear it happen and see it happen. But it gives me more cuddles with Finch. So maybe it's not the worst suck of the world, you know? Um... A rebrand. We love a, re- a good rebrand. Um, and my sweet of the week is just my mindset and how I feel light and free. Like something about the last few days, I just feel so much more light and free and a pep in my step. And I'm excited. I don't know if it's the weather. I don't know if I just feel more confident and sure of myself and of my relationships and the things that are happening in my career being surrounded by the people that champion me and having a good workout routine and just being excited for what's to come, but something is different about me and I feel really good. I really like who I am right now. I like the skin I'm in and that is, that's my sweet of the week. Just, I'm really proud of who I am and 
what I'm doing and where I'm going. And I can't wait to continue to share that with you guys. Stay tuned for the solo episode I have for you coming up in a few weeks. We're going to talk all about it. I have so much to catch you up on. I have a whole list of notes. Um, and yeah, let's talk about Vitaminis. So this week I had the honor of having the founder and CEO of Vitaminis on the podcast, which this is such a cool company. And she sent me a couple of products and I love them. They're, you know, like the little like juice shots that you get at the grocery store and you like take them and before your coffee or your water in the mornings and you know like a green juice or something it's similar to that but they are your vitamins in a juice shot so it makes it so easy to take your vitamins and they taste really good they're affordable you can get it on amazon i'll link it below so you can shop and they're just such an easy way to start your day on such a good note and that was Leslie's mission with starting Vitaminis and I'll let her get into it but I just think it's really cool how she went from an MBA she was working in food and beverage and she was in the corporate world and she was like you know I'm gaining all this data and I'm gonna do something with it that's really cool and as a mom of four you know I want to make sure my kids are getting the right nutrients they need and feeling good about what they're putting in their body I want to feel good about what they're putting in their body so I'm gonna make it and I think that is such a beautiful philosophy to live by and functional food and functional medicine and we talk about all those things what that means and living holistically and you know the elusive balance of motherhood and career and so many amazing conversations go on in this one episode and i'm so so honored to have her on so i hope you guys enjoy this episode if you liked it please leave a rating and a review please subscribe to the show share with a friend tag us as you're listening let me know who you want to see next what topics you want me to cover next and i hope you guys like this episode as much as i did hope you have a good one and i'll see you next week meet leslie so leslie what's something that people wouldn't know about you just from following you oh let's <laughs> see i um i'm sort of an adrenaline junkie Ooh, me too. So I love skiing and like scuba diving. We still try to go as much as we can. And now we have four kids, so it's hard, but um, driving fast. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, I don't ski anymore and I've never done scuba diving. Um, I had too many bad wipeouts on the ski slopes. And oh. I was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. Um, but I love like canyoning waterfalls and zip lining. And Ooh. I love to drive fast. I'm a formula one girl. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So no, that's, that's cool. I feel like people like both you and I feel like people would look at us and be like, nah, they're like high maintenance girls, like makeup and hair and the outfit. And it's like, no, I can get down dirty too. Like that's fun. <laughs> and, and you mentioned you have four kids. And one of the, one of the big points that you started a business while you were eight months pregnant. Um, yes. So we're, di- we're going to dive right in. Like, was that your first kid or? No, gosh, no, that was my last. Um, oh, okay. So I have <laughs> three boys that were 18 months apart. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And then, um, then the pandemic hit and daycare shut down and I was basically like, and, and I got laid off. So I was home with those three boys at the time they would have been, um, like six, five and four or something like that. And, um, it was totally crazy. And and that's when I kind of came up with the idea for vitamin E's because I had often been thinking about what the world needed in terms of like cleaner nutrition, better options for meeting your nutritional needs. But I was working, um, I was actually working in the alcohol industry at that time. And I was like, we're never going to do anything with these ideas. And we'd see all this research, like people want functional nutrition, people want this and that. So I started writing it down, but it t- took until I got laid off 
to actually do something about it. So I started working on, um, came up with the idea, started working on vitamin E's, and then found out I was pregnant in early 2021 after I'd already kind of like started launching things. And so then I was like, okay, well, now the clock is ticking. I need to like get this out and going before I have this baby. So it was my fourth that um, she was actually born about a, like a month after I launched on my website and like a week after I launched on Amazon. That's crazy. Also, poor girl that she has three older brothers. Oh, she loves it. I I mean, I would love it. I always, I'm the oldest and my, my brother is a little younger than me. And I was like, I wish I had an older brother. Like I always had like one guy friend that was like my big brother, like no matter like in elementary and middle and high school and college in law school, I always had like that big brother figure because I didn't have one in real life. And you know, it, it's, it's nice. It, it, a good, it's good for her that she has. I've also can be like kind of annoying. I'm, but we'll get, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm the oldest too. So I wouldn't know, but I think it'll be good for her. Yeah. No, I always joke. I'm like, I wish someone would have kept me in check, but no, that's, that's awesome. And I think it's good too, that like it was your fourth kid or like not your first kid at the very least. Cause you already kind of had parenting down and you knew that oh, you had totally. a support system and a partner and like, they could take care of her while you had a call and like, you know. You're totally right. Yeah. If it was my first, I would have been like, what? But yeah, but it's by the fourth, you kind of like get the drill. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like, it's, it's, I've been here before. Um, that's always what my mom jokes. She's like, you didn't come with a little hand, but by, by the time your brother was around, it was like, kid can eat dirt. It's fine. And I was like, oh, good. But yeah. So you were working in the alcohol industry and you, you know, you were in food and beverage. Like, how, like, what, why did you get into food and beverage? Is that always something like, what was your background? Were you a dietitian? Were you, like why that space particularly? I would just say it was like a personal interest. So growing up, um, my mom traveled a lot for work. So my dad was like the person who made meals and stuff, which is sort of like different, I guess. That was like back in the 80s. Um, and he's a scientist. And so it was always like, we need a protein and a veggie and all this. And this is like how we ate. So I'm not a foodie. Like I don't really enjoy cooking. I mean, I like good food, but I'm not like all about the flavor profiles and stuff like that. Yeah. For me, I still think that way. It's like, okay, am I checking all the nutritional boxes on this meal, this day, this week or whatever? And so I've always thought like that. Then, um, especially when I started having a family, I've been thinking about everyone's nutritional needs. And I came to realize it's just really, really hard to meet all your needs through regular food. Be not only because it's hard to eat all those different fruits and vegetables all the time, but then um, produce is actually less nutrient dense than it used to be. Yeah. And if you eat processed foods, your body can't absorb as much nutrition. Um, and then not to mention a lot of people have like food aversions, allergies, you name it, just being busy, like just having a busy working life with kids is hard to get it all in. And so I've always kind of looked to do that, but I don't love supplements either. So pills make me really nauseous. Gummy vitamins taste good, they're full of sugar, and the dentist is always warning us about that. So this is just sort of like how I've just been living. It was like in my mind all the time. And when I was working in the alcohol industry, we got a lot of research, food and beverage research, because technically it is a beverage. And some of it's relevant, you know, like what flavors are on trend right now? Well, we could act on that. But all the other research around functional, nutrient-dense, um, all that kind of stuff, we would get the research and I would just make a note of it because I'm like, well, we're not going to do anything. So I actually started a deck on my computer at that time where I just started jotting ideas and it all kind of came together when I got laid off. Yeah, no, that's, I want to talk more about that too. But before that, like, 
I think it's cool that because you were in that space, even though like you, you knew that, like you had the foresight to be like, they're not going to do something with it, but like this interests me. So I'm going to write it down. Like, maybe I'll save this for later. Like, I don't know what's going to come out of it, but like, let me just write this down. I think that's, that takes like foresight and that takes like something like in you, like, did you ever think you wanted to be an entrepreneur or were you just going to ride the corporate ladder forever? Like, why do you think you started writing that down? That's a good question. It's funny because I did show some entrepreneurial traits even as a kid. So my mom tells this story when I was seven, I wrote like a little book with my crayons or whatever. And then I asked her to borrow money and made copies of it at the drugstore and then sold it on the corner. So like I had that tendency. Then when I went to college, I actually met my husband in this club called the Chicago Entrepreneurial Group. And it was like all the kids in college wanted were interested in entrepreneurship. He actually went on to be an entrepreneur. And I somehow got onto corporate. And I think the whole time I was telling myself, this is like training. It's like, I'm going to learn and I'm going to train myself and we get all this background to someday. And it wasn't even that explicit. Like someday I'm going to start a company. Therefore I'm doing this. It was kind of like, you just kind of go along. I'm like, Oh, this is good training. This is good background. And yeah, I don't, it's funny. I didn't like, I don't think when I wrote those things down, I was, it was very, very explicit. Like this is something that I should do. It was just, I don't know. It was just an impulse. But now, I mean, looking back, maybe it was like my, I was, my subconscious was like trying to tell me yeah. something. No, that's cool. It's funny. I always joke that I'm an entrepreneur myself now and I was never that kid. I was oh. the entrepreneurial kid. My brother was, and he wants corporate. And I was, we always thought that I was going to be the corporate kid. And I was, just, my parents are both corporate America. And that's what we just assumed, like I was going to do that. And I, the older I got, the more in tune with myself I got. And I think this goes a little bit to the functional part for you is like for me I just like was looking at my life holistically like I was like starting to be a smarter consumer with what I'm putting in my body and on my body and like what I'm consuming what I'm watching and like mental health and like what I'm you know my environment and I was like I can do all of that work but if I'm going to an office every day that isn't a good environment for me like none of that means anything and I started realizing like I would look at the people at the top and I was like I don't want that and so I think I started realizing like, okay, I think maybe the corporate world isn't really for me after all. And so that's kind of when that entrepreneurial book started. And I started putting the feelers out there and talking to people that were also entrepreneurs, mostly lawyers, because I was in law school and I was like, oh, okay, I can start a firm. I can do these things. And so I think it's funny that you, I think you think it was your subconscious. You're like, cause you had that as a kid, but for me, it was like an environment thing. Um, mm. Whatever it was, it worked. But I just always like curious because people are always like so afraid to go the entrepreneurial route, especially I feel like now there's just so many people doing it. So it's like, what makes you different? Why go do it? So I was curious if you like could pinpoint why that. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, like kind of like steers you because if I hadn't gotten laid off, I don't think I would have done it. Yeah. Like I I don't think I was that, that person that was going to just completely quit my job, my day job and walk away to start a business. So I ended up like somehow had these ideas written down and then I was still going along and then I left the alcohol industry and joined the hospitality industry in 2019 that company ended up doing huge layoffs during the pandemic and that's when and actually it took even more than that because I was laid off and then I started immediately job searching but it took me a few months of job searching during the pandemic when no one was hiring 
to finally be like, you know what, maybe I should do things a little differently. Like this is not the time to like, this is not working out. So, um, it, it's funny, like I could spin it. Like it was this like destiny and I was like going in this, but that's not really how it worked. It was kind of like your yeah. life just kind of steers you. Yeah. I always say like, I say this a lot to law students, like life doesn't stop because you went to law school and it's kind of the same thing. Like, you know, life doesn't stop. Like it, it maybe was a little bit of destiny, luck, fate, whatever you want to call it, but also like the pieces were in place for it to happen. And it, everything happens for a reason. It worked out the way that it was supposed to because you had put the feelers out and like you had set up a little bit, you know, and then it was just like, the timing was right. And you were like, why not? I can relate Mm -hmm. to the, you know, I graduated from law school, no jobs. I was like going through the job search, even after I passed the bar, like I found out I passed and I was like, oh my God, I passed. And then I was like, wait, I don't have a job. So like, I didn't feel like as happy as I should have, I think. And then, so I was like frantically job searching. I was like, why am I doing this? Like, this isn't what I want. And that's kind of when it happened for me. So very similar. And I want to talk about that pivot when you're like forged in the fire, but can you explain what functional food and beverage and like what that even means for someone who doesn't really know what that means? I think that's like a buzzword now. Everyone talks about like holistic medicine and functional medicine and functional food. And what is that? Yeah. So I think at a high level, it's like food is medicine, but I take that even further to food is health because I really do believe what you put in is what you're going to get out. And so um, it's not just even to like use food to solve problems, but rather if you take care of yourself, you can avoid problems and just be a healthy person. And it's not even about physical health. It's like mental health, having energy to like go chase your dreams. It's like your whole life can be impacted by how you take care of your body and your nutrition. So that's kind of what I think of with holistic, like holistic health and holistic nutrition. Um, Functional specifically, I think people now are just asking a little more from their food. So it's like, I don't, I'm not going to eat this just because it tastes good or just because it's going to like give me calories or something. It's like, you want your food to do something for you. So what is this food going to do for me? Um, that's what I think of functional food and, and beverage is like, what is the function? Like, what's the benefit? And so for vitamins, it's like, you're not necessarily going to just drink this because you're thirsty for a sip of juice, but it's like, it's delivering a punch and all these like blended things that are going to deliver in this case, like an immune system support or gut health. So it's like, not just like, Oh, take a probiotic, but rather have this product that has multiple things that contribute to your gut health. Yeah. I need both of those. (laughs) Um, Those are like the two biggest things that I always look for. And yeah, I agree. I I think that's, you know, that's the mindset. It's it's a philosophy. It's a mindset. It's a lifestyle, which is why it's so hard. I think for people to like put down the processed food or, you know, like cut corn is like, all right, just going to pop this in the microwave and like, I'll be, it's easy. It's quick. It's done fast food. Like I, I remember kind of during the pandemic is when I started being more conscious of that. And I noticed like I wasn't feeling good no matter what I ate. And I was like, okay, something's wrong here. And that's when I started getting more in tune with it. And it ended up being a lot of different factors for me. But now that I got off hormones, like birth control, that was like the big, the biggest one for sure. And then being more conscious of like not eating processed foods and eating more fruits and vegetables and like whole foods, actual like food, like that I have to cook from the ground and like, actually like, you know, it made a difference. So I think that's huge that that's the philosophy behind your brand. And that's why it resonates with people because people did start becoming more conscious of that too. Mm -hmm. Um, But you said 
you wouldn't have started this, you think, if it wouldn't have been for the layoffs during the pandemic. And you say why crisis can be the perfect starting point for success. And like I said, like for me, it was a very similar thing. I didn't have a job and I was like, okay, what do I do now? So why do you think that's such a, that was such a turning point for you? I think I was just on autopilot. Like, okay, I'm going to go, like, I I went to business school and then I went to consulting and then I went to corporate and it was like, I was just going through the steps, like everyone does this and then they do this and then they do this. And then once you're getting in a company, you try to move up and whatever. And it just completely disrupted that autopilot mode to get me thinking outside of the box and kind of like get back in touch with what I wanted to spend my time doing. Like to your point that you were talking earlier, like just getting in touch with yourself. Um, but it also, I think the, the, um, the daily routine part changed. So it wasn't even just like, I just lost my job, but I, because it was the pandemic daycare closed, I was home with my kids. Cause I wouldn't usually be spending a good chunk of my day, like preparing food for everyone. That's, I was the one to do that. Cause my husband just still had his job. Um, and all the kids were home. It just completely, it's like, it just completely changed my perspective. So I don't think I would have ever had some of those like aha moments if I had just been in my nine to five yeah. situation. That makes total sense. What was that like for you? Like the early stages of actually putting pen to paper and doing something like you had all these ideas and you had now like, okay, I'm going to do this. Like I've decided I'm going to go all in. Where do you even start? And then yeah, how it was very nerve wracking. And it's funny looking back on it. Cause like, it's like when you, when you conquer something in your life and you look back on it, you're like, why was that such a big deal? But in that moment, it feels so um, monumental. So I didn't actually say, okay, I'm going to start a company now. Yeah. I just said to myself, okay, I have these ideas. I don't have anything else going on. I'm going to start testing these ideas. Like I'm going to start taking tiny steps. So some of the first steps I took were um, interviewing friends and family with like an interview guide where it was like, how, what are some challenges in your nutrition? Like, how do you think about these different supplements in the space? Like how, what are some things you look for on labels? Just like talking. So that was a big thing I did early on, just learning. And that helped me to sort of develop an idea. And then um, when I got to the point of actually producing uh, like some intangible, I found a person, a health, um, sorry, a food scientist that could help me blend the different ingredients into something that would work as a bottled beverage for a nominal charge. So even then it wasn't like, I'm going to start a company now. It was like, okay, I have all these ideas from these interviews for this nominal amount of money. I can actually see if it works. And it's a, it's a small enough amount of money that if it doesn't work, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. So it's just like baby steps because I think if I had actually said to myself, okay, that's it. Blow up the corporate career, starting a company right now. It would have been too big and like too overwhelming um, because even all along that, that whole way, I was still thought to myself, well, I can always go get a job. Like as soon as the yeah. pandemic clears up, I'll still, I can go back to interviewing. So it didn't feel like it was as big of a deal as it ended up being. Yeah. No, I think that's the right way to look at it. I, I agree. I, I also didn't say I'm going to start a firm. Like it was just kind of like, all right, um, I started, I was working part-time at a personal injury firm. I did end up getting a job with a family friend. But while I was doing that, I was building up the steps to start my own firm, very similar to how you did, like just like little by little every day did one more thing. And I just, one day I realized like, oh, I have a full on firm 
and clients are finding me and I have work now. And then it ended up being like months later, I was like, I can't do both. Like I, I cannot handle both financially. I need both, but like physically, like I don't have the bandwidth. So I need to decide one. And then that's when I was like, all right, I go, I'm going all in. And that was in August. Like it took or September, August was when I finally left. So it took still almost a year. Like it took time. Yeah. And I think if you would have gone all, I'm starting a company and you like put all, you went all in, that's a lot of pressure on you when you're also, we don't know what's going on around us and you have four kids at home and like you just, so I think having that, like, I could always go back, mm-hmm. you know, that that's the safety net. And that same thing, I was like, I have a degree. Nobody can take that away from me. I could always go back to a firm if this one doesn't work out, but like right now, while I can and have the, the resources and I am able to, why not? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very similar thing that you and I had. And it, it says a lot about why I think it was more successful because it, you, it wasn't like you, it, it didn't need to work. You wanted it to work. So you're going to put more work into it to make what, you know, what you said, what you get in, what you put in is what you get out. But actually I, I have a, I have thought on that too, is, is that really worked well in the beginning, but then there came a point in my company where I did need to go all in. And you kind of mentioned that too, like a year in where you just need to yeah. focus on it. I, I actually went back to work for another company about a year after starting Vitaminies. And so I kind of made Vitaminies a side gig. And while it was okay, I realized now looking back at it that there was so much I could have been doing that I had I didn't do. It was almost like I wasn't giving it a fair chance. Yeah. So it wasn't until I went back full-time on Vitaminies and, and thought, okay, if I'm going to do this, which now I am actually doing it, um, I need to give it a fair chance. And if I ne- if I don't actually invest the time to try to make it successful, I'll always wonder if it could have been successful. Absolutely. It was the same thing for me. And that's what 2024 for me is about is fully going all in now. I have no other option, really seeing if this could work. And I think it can. And I'm, yeah. I'm very, I'm very optimistic and I have the team and I have the resources and I have the support. Now it's just giving it an opportunity, you know, like putting your baby out into the world and seeing if it can walk on its own, you know, kind of. Um, but that's interesting that you you decided to end up going back and then you were like, no, let me, let me not do this. Let me, let me go all in. I think that's huge. And again, like kind of back to what I said earlier, like the foresight to know, like you had to try it to see what worked. And I yeah. think if you would have gone all in from the beginning, you might've not come back to it later. You would have allowed maybe a mistake or a bad experience or a no discourage you. Whereas Hmm. it was a side gig for a little bit. So you had that safety net of like, no, I can try again in a few days. Like, let me just like, you know, go take the focus off of this for a little bit and then come back to it. And so yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but it's true that you know, the amount of pressure you put on yourself situationally can impact the decisions that you make. And when you're an entrepreneur, it's such a long game that, and the risk is so different and you don't always know what's going to happen. You rarely know what's going to happen. So it's like, you have to almost allow yourself the ability to be flexible. Yeah. What was that manufacturing process? Like when, how did you know you wanted it to be like a juice? You said you don't like supplements. Yes. How did you know the right format for your products? Did you have other yeah. ideas? So I had some brainstormed ideas and I worked with that food scientist on what was feasible. So I knew I wanted it to 
taste good. I knew I wanted it to be like whole food based instead of like a pill or a powder or something like that. I knew I wanted it to be convenient. So all of that kind of informed a shelf stable drink. Um, and then actually we ended up kind of migrating from a drink to a shot just purely based on logistics of shipping. And I said, I want a business where, when this was during the pandemic, so no one was going out anywhere. It was like, it has to be shippable. It has to be e-commerce um, friendly. And so it kind of migrated towards a shot. Um, but the actual process, so this food scientist was able to tell me, okay, here are the characteristics of something that can be made shelf stable without putting any preservatives in. Um, you know, here are like different packaging options that kind of like the technical side of things. And then there was a whole piece of work that took several months to find someone who would make it for me. So to find the co-packer that was capable of making a shelf-stable shot-sized bottle, that took a really long time. Like I had to sift through, I don't know, like a hundred co-packers. And then once you find the ones that can do it, then you have to convince them to actually like take your call and do it. And a lot of them have minimum quantities. They, they will only shut down their plant and move over to your stuff if you make a huge amount. So you have to kind of like negotiate, find someone that would take a chance on you. And it was much more of a sales process than I anticipated. So that was a very long, I mean, all in from the actual idea to actually like producing it and getting it out the door was like seven months, I want to say. I feel like that's still pretty quickly though. Yeah, I guess so. It's, yeah, it depends on what lunch you look at. The time it felt like forever, but now looking oh, back, yeah. I'm like, you're right. It wasn't even a whole year. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think it also felt like it took longer because of how many interviews you had to have and how like how many calls and like the effort that it takes. But like you said, like when you look back, like it actually happened pretty quickly, especially considering it's food and beverage, and like that's has a whole host of regulations and like things that you and like because you held yourselves to a code of like it needs to be this and it can't be this. Also, like a lot of companies are gonna be like, all right, we can make that. But like you said, sugars, preservatives, like food coloring, like it makes it cheaper. And you're like, no, like those can't be in there. So finding the right people and like it, it it's, a, it's a process. So I think seven months is a pretty, pretty good. That's funny. You must know a lot about it because that is so true. <laughs> like the system is set up. Like now I understand why it's so hard to get clean food and beverage. And even like this is in a plastic bottle, like I don't like, I don't love that. No one likes plastic, but like this whole system is geared towards a certain type of way. And so to get something that's clean, to get something that doesn't have preservatives, doesn't have added sugar and all that other stuff, it did take several iterations, a lot of pushing. Even after I would say, I don't want this stuff in it. And I would get samples back and so there might, might be that stuff in it. And I'm like, wait, and if I hadn't read carefully and double checked, I wouldn't have even noticed. It's like, wait a second, you know, you taste, you're like, this is really good. And you're like, wait, you added, you know, erythritol. What is that? Like, no, get yeah. out of it. So yeah. yeah, that was quite a process. And it does make you question because then you think, oh, you know, does it have to be like that? Like maybe people don't want to buy stuff that doesn't taste really sweet. And you have to kind of like believe in the vision. Yeah. So it's funny. I do know a lot about this only because I, when I like something, I go all in and I have to do a lot of research on it. So I kind of like, you know, we all have like an interest or hobby. that's like a hobby for a few weeks and then like, we don't look at it again, but that was kind of like in the pandemic when I was going through my health journey, cause I was really struggling and not feeling good. I deep dived. And I started listening to a lot of podcasts and, you know, in the pandemic walking a lot and listening to podcasts, it's kind of what we all did. And there was a lot of talk about this space and okay. you know, making yourself feel better through food. 
and what we should be looking for and learning to read the nutritional label and like, yeah, like, and so there's a couple accounts I follow on Instagram that are like comparing, like, I, I don't know if you've ever seen this, like, I think her, it's, the account's called Food Bay, but it shows like in the US and the UK or like the US and another country, like ketchup or like different products, like ketchup in the UK, it's like tomatoes, oil or tomatoes, like salt, vinegar, and like one other thing. And like in the US, it's like those four things, but then like 300 other things. Oh, like, yeah. It tastes better in the UK. But why does the, it's the same kinds, it's Heinz, but like they're made differently. And like, wow. Oh. And Europe is known for having like thousands of chemicals that they ban that the US does not ban. And so I always noticed too, like I love to travel and I would notice like when I was in Europe, I would feel a lot better eating things than I would in the US. And just like noticing little things like that. So I, I like, that's why I know so much about it. And just, it's interesting to me. And like, you know, it's fun to talk about. And people always are like, why do you like, my mom, I guess we fight with my parents because like the eggs I buy are more expensive like than regular eggs. And it's like, no, I want like a specific, like I know what I'm looking for. I don't like, I want like organic pasture raised, not cage free. Like that's a step up than like the regular eggs, but that's still not fully like, you know, little things like that. But yeah, I think like prior generations, it's like saving money, saving money, but saving money is not always the best option. And if you think about food, it's like you're putting it inside of your body where and your body is like processing it and filtering it to every cell. Like you, yeah. you want to make sure that stuff is good. <laughs> yeah. No, my brother gives me so much crap because my eggs are like $10 back when like eggs were really, really high a few months ago. And he was like, cause then they started putting eggs in the dog's food. And I was like, touch my egg and you die. <laughs> like do not touch my $10 egg. <laughs> so we would like That's fight hilarious. over like, and so I was like, we get like the cheap eggs for the dogs. Cause it's going to the dog's food and that's fine. Even though like really, we also should be giving them the $10 egg, but like it's a dog. So like mm, that one hurts. So we get like the middle price for eggs for them, and, like the good eggs for us. But I finally converted my parents, like the good eggs, you know, and like little, little by little, but yeah, the, the whole money conversation is always, yeah, saving money, but you're cutting corners and it's your health. And that's all at the end of the day, all we have. And yeah going to what you said about like believing in the vision. I, when I turn 20, every time on my birthday, I write like a birthday letter and I post it on my blog. And so last in December, in November, I don't know why I said December in November, I did my 26 lessons I've learned by 26. And one of the lessons is you're the only person who like creates your destiny. Like you're the only one who is the captain of your ship. Nobody else cares. Like you have to want it. You have to believe in it. You have to push forward the vision, even when everybody else around you says no. And if you don't believe in the vision, how do you expect anybody else to believe in it? So I yeah. think it's kind of that, like as an entrepreneur, especially, but in anything, that's anything in life. True. But how did you, okay. So now you have the manufacturers, you have like the, the co-packer, you have the outside team. What about the inside team? Like, when did you start hiring, delegating? Who was your first hire? How did you find them? I'm actually the only employee still. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's interesting. CPG is very outsourceable. So it's um, not like some startups, like if you were doing like a tech startup, you need to hire a developer to build something, for example, and spend a year, six months building something. In CPG, you don't need that because you can really get pieces of different people's time to address expertise. So I have a lot of outsourced expertise, like uh, marketing, um, my formulators and co-packers already talked about legal, a regulatory person who understands FDA. So that it's, I have a lot of help, 
But the nice thing is I don't need to necessarily commit on a full-time person or even a part-time person to manage that. I can just use a sliver of my time kind of coordinating. I do think um, I'm right at a tipping point though, where we now are sold online. We have a couple of retailers and I'm looking to expand retail in 2024. And I think with expansion of retail, there's a lot of work that comes with helping retailers to be successful and also bringing on retailers. I think I could use someone else to help me with that, but up until now, it's been okay. And I actually met someone who is um, a CPG founder and she was the only person in her company and they had like 700 stores. They weren't all of Whole Foods and all these stores. So if you think about it, like managing 50 stores and managing 700 stores, the work is kind of similar. It's just done at scale. Yeah. Can, can you explain what CPG is for people? who? Oh, don't- sorry. Consumer, no, product. Good. Consumer package goods, consumer products. Got it. Okay. Um, I, that's what I thought, but I was like, I'm, I don't want to say it. Like I'd rather ask you, but no, I think that that makes a lot of sense that you chose to contract people. And I'm the same way. I'm the only person at my firm full time, but I contract everybody else. And I think that there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I feel like not everybody, it's not always right to hire someone internal. I think you could start out with everybody outside. And then like, as you scale, I think that's when you kind of start needing departments in-house a little bit more. But at the beginning, I think you can do it all kind of, you know, lean the way you're doing it. So I, I commend you for knowing like, that's like the the way you want to go about it. And that's very much how I'm going about it as well. But I was just listening to an episode with the founders of Symbiotica and they had everybody in-house. They actually go the complete opposite from the beginning. They knew that they didn't want to outsource things because the turnaround times are longer if it's you're waiting for somebody else. So they wanted it in-house, but they had the resources to scale quicker, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just the way that they're packaged and the way that, you know, they market and it just it made sense for their business model. But, you know, it depends on your business model and your philosophy and Again, you're the captain of the ship. You get to be the one to decide that. But I think it's cool how everybody approaches it differently. Yeah. Um, but what does that like look like for you? You know, being the only one, like that the head, like you control everything, and then having a family and four kids and yeah. running a household and you know, being home and being present and navigating, fielding all of these other things going on. Like, what's your that? Yeah. Balance? I mean, it is there a balance. Yeah, pros and cons, obviously. I mean, one of the major pros is I have complete control over my time, right? It's like, if I want to pause everything at work and go do like be the mystery reader at the first grade or whatever, I can do that. Um, But the flip side of that is, you know, it's like, is that the right decision? I don't know. So it's like, you just have to like day to day try to, or honestly, I use my intuition a lot. It's like, is this something that's really important for me to be present for my family? Or, you know, is it really important that I actually get this thing out the door? Because like one of the downsides of your own company is there's no deadline. No one's riding you. No one's pushing you. Like you said, you're the captain. So if I don't push myself to get stuff out the door, it won't happen. So it's just like day-to-day balance. But I will say the other thing that I'm still working on, but it's very important, is just trying to kind of compartmentalize and not multitask too much. And especially when you have four kids, like no work is going to get done. Like, don't yeah. even try, don't try to even respond to one email with one word. It's not going to work. So I try to just keep it very separate. Because if you, if you do that, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get interrupted. Your kids are going to feel like you're not present. Likewise, if I'm working and I'm letting kids run in and out, you know, then I'm not going to put my best 
work in and it's not going to, I'm not going to feel like I gave vitamin E is what it needed. So I try to really be pretty good about like keeping things separate and communicating that. So it's like, Hey kids, going upstairs now or whatever, like, don't bother me, you know, just, and just being like very clear. Or if I'm with the kids, don't even look at the emails. Someone calls me, I've made this mistake in the early days. Someone calls you and you're like, Oh, I'll just take this really quick call. No, do not take it. Just decline the call and call them back. Yeah, no, that's huge. And it goes to priorities. And I think people always ask me, like, you know, how do you balance everything? I'm like, I don't balance it. That's a myth. At least to me, it's prioritization and time management and calendaring everything and having a to-do list and choosing when I'm present in what. And like you said, like, it's hard not to code switch and it's hard not to multitask. But sometimes you you have to, because like you said, you're not giving attention to the person or the thing that needs it in that moment. And you're going to make mistakes or you're going to make a child feel like you're not there for them. And like that has effects that you don't. Yes, even, it's and- an ongoing learning, right? Because like you go, we've, I've had many moments where someone's talking to me and my family and I'm thinking about something at work and they know. And I'm like, OK, sorry, you know, so it's, it happens still. But um, yeah, it is. It's It's hard, but it is important. Yeah. It's funny. You said like, you want to be the mystery reader at school. Like you're like, all right, I'm going to go do that. I can. That's the goal. Like that was for me. That was part of why when I saw the people higher up at the firms and I was like, yeah, no, I, I'm not going to be PTA mom. That's not my thing, but I want to go to the soccer game. If I'm able to make it and I can clear the calendar of that afternoon, I want to go. And I don't want to be like, oh, I can just pick this up really fast. No, like I'll call you back later. Like send me an email and I'll talk to you on Monday. Like I'm on my kid's soccer game. Like I want to be able to be present for that. And as I'm starting to get to that age where now that's something that I'm thinking about more and I'm looking for that partner and I'm ready for those things. Like those are, that's like being conscious of like setting up systems and processes to prepare for that. So it's not like this like huge shock to my system or my clients or my, my, my business and like the way that it's set up when I'm like, okay, no, I'm taking the time off to go be present with my kids, my partner, my family, whoever it is, um, or just myself. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think it's like, even people without kids, I've, I've had some good role models in this, not very many, to be honest with you, but people that just go like, go for a run over their lunch hour, or just take a walk with their dogs for an hour in the morning. And they just, and they, and they're not hiding it. You know, that's the other thing I think in corporate, it's like everyone tries to look like they're always busy, but there's something to be said of like, you know what, I'm literally just going to log off for an hour for my health. And that's fine. You know, especially when leaders do that, I think it sends a really strong message. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big, like I, I purposely don't have any calls before 10 AM unless it's like they're scheduled. It needs to be before those are rare. And those are usually mentors. And I'm okay with that because it's like, they're taking time out of their, their day. The least I can do is, you know, not go to yoga in the morning or I can go later. Or, you know, I like to like sit outside with my coffee in the morning and like play with the dogs and like let the sunshine be on my face. And then I'm like, okay, now I can go and be on. And then around seven o'clock, I know like not much more is going to get done today. Time to turn off. And I go eat dinner and I watch an hour or two of TV with my family talk to my boyfriend for an hour. And then I'm like, all right, peace. Got to go to bed. And we do it again the next day. And like knowing those boundaries is like I said, like setting it up before kids, like, you know, it's not just when you have kids, you need to do this. Like you need to do this for you too. And that's when also like you're allowing the functional food to work with you because you're allowing your body to digest it and sleep and giving yourself everything that you need. Like it it all goes together. And that's why like the lifestyle became so important to me. 
And it's the only way I got through law school, to be honest. But right, because when you're, if you're going to achieve something really hard, like law school or starting a business or something, you need to like fuel your tank. Yeah, yeah. No, you can't. You can't pour from an empty cup. Like you can't. You know, if the car, if there's no gas, like it's just not going to keep running. Like you, you gotta, you gotta put yourself first. You know, put your oxygen mask on first, type thing. Yes, exactly. With that though, like being conscious of that, like being present and taking time off, and like you know, the the calendar is closed today. How do you? What's a typical day or week in your life look like? I know one day isn't the same, and like it's gonna like always be. But if you can, like in an ideal world, like what do you, what are your non-negotiables like during your day that allow you to do everything that you do? Good question. I have, I don't have that many non-negotiables, but sleep is one of them. I really, I really am almost like a hundred percent of the time asleep by 10 and maybe like in bed at like nine, a lot of times. And I've, I've gotten teased about it by people that are like, Oh my gosh, what are you like five years old? I need to sleep. Like I'm a morning person. And if by that time of night, nothing good is going to come of anything I'm doing. I like, you know, once in a while I'll go out or something, but like, no, I, I have to sleep. So that's one of them. Um, and then I'm a big fan of exercise too. Like I try to get that in every couple of days. Um, and it's funny, I've heard, I, I had a, a recording for this summit I did with a time management consultant. And one thing she said that I think makes so much sense is if you're going to say, I don't have time for that, what you're really saying is that is not a priority, right? Because you can always find the time for what you need to find the time for. That's how I view exercise. It's like 30 minutes every couple of days. I can do that. Like I can make that work, whether it's like I get up a little earlier or I cancel one call or whatever. So that's another one that really helps me feel good physically, but also it's like a stress reliever. Yeah. Um, I would say that's really it. Honestly, I forget to eat a lot, which is not good. I need to get better about that. It's funny because I'm the exact same way. I try to be in bed by 1030, asleep by 1130. Like just because I tend to, you know, we all finish work around seven. We eat dinner. We want to watch an hour TV. It's the time that we all get to hang out together. Like I live at home with my parents and we're all starting to recognize like, you know, in a few years that probably won't happen anymore. So like we're spending time with them, like while we're all home, I try to do like in bed by 1030 asleep by 1130. So I can get my seven, eight hours. I try to wake up at 745, eight latest and like start my, my routine. Um, and yeah, I, I love what you said about, you know, it's you, you have to make time. Like, it's not that you don't have time. It's that you're not putting, making that a priority. And that goes for a call, your business, person in your life yourself like you know you're all you're the only one doing yourself a disservice if you don't make the time and that's thing like there yeah there's only 24 hours in a day like every Chris Jenner and Beyonce have the same 24 hours it's how they use it and you have to decide how you make that day work for you and that's huge and um no I, I couldn't agree more sleep and I, I forget to eat too a lot um I'm going to go eat lunch after this call. Oh, that's late. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I tend to eat a little later in the morning because I don't eat right when I wake up. So like it, you know, and, and knowing what your body needs too. Also, that's a big part of it. But no, I think it's important that people see, like you said, like it starts from the top. Like it sends a strong message. Like, you know, those are your non-negotiables. Even if they're few, a few things, like that's what you need. That's what's important to you. I, I never really was an exercise person up until last year, end of last year, right when I went full-time on my own. It happened to oh, be that way. 
it, that, that wasn't like a conscious thing. It just, I noticed that that's how it worked. And it's like, no, I, now that I don't, if I don't go to yoga, at least every couple, every two, three days, I know, like I can feel it. I can sense it. And I'm yeah. Pilates now this year. And like, that's it. Like if I can do a class of yoga and a class of Pilates a week, like I, I move my body and I'm, I'm feel I'm good. I feel good drinking water. Like I always carry my emotional support water bottle. Like it's, it's, it's funny. It's a joke, but like, no, like I notice when I'm not drinking water, like little things like that. And it, like I said, it sends a strong message to your kids too. Like them, them creating healthy habits, the people around you wanting to better themselves. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about the, yeah, they're always watching you. They're always watching you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. I, but like, I just, I notice it like little things like observing like my brother and my cousins and like how my parents are, my aunt uncles. And then I'm seeing like little habits, like as we get older, our, we're starting to, you know, we become our parents a little and like, we're seeing little things. I'm like, oh yeah. Like you just pick up on it. Cause you just, you, you mimicked. And now it's like, it's your turn to really decide like, is that something you want to continue and what those habits are that work best for you. But this has been so great. I feel like we are really aligned on a lot of things, which is why I wanted to have you on. And I feel like you gave a lot of really great insight for anybody who wants to start a business and doesn't really know where to start. You know, you, you were lucky that, and like me as well, like we went to school and we had probably mentors and people that we could ask um, for resources and guidance. And we knew people who were doing it before, but for someone who doesn't have that, where can they start? You know, I would just say, don't be afraid to not know. You can figure things, you can figure out more than you think you can figure out. I never launched a product, even though I did have corporate background, I did go to business school. I I didn't work in like this kind of beverages. I'd never done a lot of the things that I did. Um, but it does take a certain amount of humility to just go out into the world. Say, I don't know, you know, so I, I actually leverage a lot of groups in contacts and other entrepreneurs, like, hey, who's ever dealt with this before? Anyone know someone who does that or any advice? That got me really, really far because if another entrepreneur recommends something, you know that means it's like economical and makes and it works. You know, it's different from like somebody trying to sell you something. So yeah. you can get a lot done just by connecting with other people and asking. Yeah, I love that. That's so true. I think those mentorship relationships, strategic partnerships, and not being afraid to ask. And like, th that takes you so far. And so many people are too afraid to ask the question. And yeah. no, just ask like, and keep asking, like, you don't look stupid. You're not annoying. I would rather you follow up with me because I didn't get to see it. And that's my bad. But like, I'm gonna be like, oh, they're persistent. Like, I like you. Like, I'm gonna want to talk to you now. Um, I think that's huge. And what's one piece of advice just for anybody, like, especially a younger person who maybe doesn't really know what they want. Like you and I both, we started in one career, ended up in another. What's your biggest piece of advice for someone who just is kind of figuring it out? Like they don't really know yet. Yeah. I would say go with the flow. You just don't know. You literally cannot predict how things are going to go. So you've got to seize opportunities that come along. And sometimes if opportunities don't materialize or something doesn't work out, that will in the end come for they will have it happens for a reason it really does and it's not to say that everything is pre predestined although some people do believe that it's rather you have to take what life gives you and just go with the flow keep following your passions know what you like and what you don't like and if you put all of that together you will end up in the right place 
could not agree more. Where can everybody find Vitaminese and where can everybody find you? Yeah, please come find us. Um, we have our website, vitaminesebrand.com. You can get our gut health and immune support there on our website. We're also on Amazon. And if you live in the Midwest, we are at the Fruitful Yield and Fresh Time Retail. And then on Instagram and TikTok, we're at vitaminesebrand. Cool. I'll link everything below so they can come shop it. Um, I'm going to check it out. I, I like, I'm trying to like little by little convert my parents' kitchen and pantry and fridge to like better things. Um, good eggs, <laughs> the good eggs starting there. Um, you know, instead of like throwing away plastic, like more glass, um, little things like that, which you mentioned, like you want one day would like a glass bottle and hopefully one day you guys. Yes. Can. I, someday it will happen. But, and I tell myself when vitamin E gets big enough, then I can afford to develop my own like sustainable packaging for this category. Um, but yeah, it's all, all of our little choices add up. Yeah, absolutely. Could not agree more. Thank you so much, Leslie, for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. 